Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The latest from 7 News with Michael Usher. Good evening and welcome to the latest on the Xinjiang police files. The bombshell documents have triggered outrage from Western nations and forceful denials from Chinese officials. Tonight, we'll get reaction from Hong Kong and hear from an expert on the implications of the confronting new allegations. A giant trove of images and documents casting a light on China's alleged human rights abuses. We are appalled uh, by the reports and the jarring images of the PRC's internment camps in Xinjiang. The leaked evidence obtained by anonymous hackers drawing swift condemnation from world leaders. Thousands of Uyghurs are pictured in the files, which were taken from the official databases of two local police agencies in the Xinjiang region. That's where China's Communist Party is accused of detaining more than a million members of the Muslim minority group. Beijing claims the camps are vocational skills, education and training centres. Critics say they're part of a campaign to destroy the Uyghurs' cultural identity. They, for the first time, give us uh, a first-hand account of police operations inside re-education camps, of images taken during police drills, uh, security drills in these camps. The files were provided to the US-based researcher Adrian Zenz, who analysed the data before sharing his findings with news organisations around the world. So the new evidence really shows that the re-education or the so-called vocational training in Xinjiang is nothing to do with poverty elevation. It's about brutal brainwashing. It's about putting them in prison-like prison camps guarded by heavily armed police. Uh, we have evidence, you know, in the, in the watchtowers that they use uh, military-grade machine guns. China claims the leak is fabricated and strongly refutes allegations of forced labour in the region. A short feature was even aired on state media in an attempt to show the ethnic population happily going to work in the region. US officials aren't buying it. The State Department says the Chinese government is committing genocide. This new reporting further adds to an already damning body of evidence of the PRC's atrocities in Xinjiang. Let's bring in correspondent Richard Kimber in Hong Kong for us tonight. Uh, Richard, good evening to you. So these files have been leaked just as the United Nations Human Rights Chief begins a visit to that area. That's right, there's a huge amount of scrutiny going on right now here about this trip, this long-awaited trip. I've been speaking to human rights groups about this. There's a great deal of concern that this trip will not get the so-called unfettered access that many international governments, including the UK just today, have been calling for. Uh, one human rights group uh, I spoke to, Amnesty International, said that it's almost convinced this will be what it called a stage-managed trip for the United Nations, and they think the amount of access that the officials will have will be very, very limited. The area it's worth exploring explaining in Xinjiang is an enormous province and so it's hard to imagine in the space of time that the United Nations has there'll be an ability to even get around the whole place but there's great concerns about just how much access they will have. What about China's response to these documents? What's it been Richard? 
Well, I've been tracking it all week. There's been a huge amount of frustration from Chinese officials about the nature of the way that this trip is being portrayed in the international media. They said today that they believe this is a political farce, they said, from Western nations. The way that they accuse the US and the UK particularly of pressuring the United Nations into this trip and China to agree to it. And then as soon as it begins, trying to undermine it with what they say is a body of lies with these uh, documents being released in the way they have been. They're really accusing the West of manipulating this whole experience. The Chinese Foreign Ministry says this trip will be a way to clarify misinformation about the situation in Xinjiang. We saw the reaction there from the US State Department, but uh, we understand more world leaders have condemned the newest evidence. Well, certainly pressure mounting, not just on China, but also on this investigation. Michelle Bachelet, who's heading this trip, has been talking to international diplomats in Beijing ahead of it, explaining her intentions. But there are concerns that, in one report, she's told them she does not think this should be framed as an investigation. And that, of course, is playing on the concerns of how deep this uh, trip can really go in terms of understanding the real situation. I also spoke to Australia's Chamber of Commerce in Beijing earlier today. They were explaining their concerns that this escalation of a tension on this issue could of course prove ugly for China potentially and thereby undermining further the chance of re-establishing Australia-Chinese business relations if many international bodies start putting pressure on business investments in China because of it. And so there's a great deal riding on this and a great deal of interest in how this will play out and what exactly the United Nations will come out with when this trip ends in a few days' time. Absolutely. Well, there's already tension there. We'll see what happens. All right, Richard Kimber there in Hong Kong. We appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. An Australian researcher who has in-depth knowledge of China's controversial camps is Nathan Rooser from the International Cyber Policy Centre at the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. Nathan, thanks for joining us this evening. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. Now, you used open source intelligence to map out China's network of detention centres, which is fascinating. Tell me how that happened and what did you find? So for the last sort of three or four years, I've been primarily looking at satellite imagery, just sort of combing the region around Western China, around Xinjiang, and looking for some of these camps that have appeared since the crackdown began in 2017. So a lot of it is very manual looking around Google Earth and trying to find, sort of looking around satellite imagery and trying to find as many of these sort of very distinctive architecture types and very securitized buildings. And as we're seeing very clearly on the screen now, that would seem to be undeniable. There's definitely a build-up in where there wasn't of those camps. Yes, one of the methods that we actually used was using nighttime satellite imagery to find parts of the desert that used to be dark and are now illuminated at light at night. It's fascinating. What, what do you think of the leaked police files from the region and are the images and documents authentic, given your experience? I think it's very important to put such a human face on some of these, some of these human rights abuses. So we've known for years that people are being detained for ordinary acts of faith and culture. But these may allow us to look the victims in the eyes as we see that they've been sent to prison for 16 or 17 years for having a headscarf in their house. Mm. Um, there's no reason to think that these documents are not real. They, they appear consistent with sort of all the information that we have so far. There's such a trove of them that it would be almost impossible to fake. And perhaps most crucially is that they can be cross-checked with other leaked databases. And even Uyghurs in Australia have found their relatives in these documents which would be incredibly hard to fake. Yeah, incredibly hard to fake and very hard to come to terms with as well. Obviously, the, the Chinese explanation is that some of these are almost, in fact, in their narrative, making out like they're voluntary camps of some kind and, that in fact, they're there for opportunities. Uh, what do you make of the Chinese spin on this? 
China has changed its narrative a few times since the existence of these camps came about. So originally they were saying that um, these are these don't exist at all. And then that that video that you're showing right now was released. That actually um, was part of a propaganda trip trying to humanize and legitimize these camps. But we see from a lot of the images of security drills that have been leaked as part of this database how different the reality of these camps are to that sort of Potemkin view that the Chinese authorities have put on. Mm. Of course, Nathan, the next step is getting international action on this. What should happen? Yes, I think there needs to be a widespread international reckoning of the scale of these human rights abuses. There are some good first steps being taken, such as the UN visiting the region right now. But it remains to be seen how legitimate and genuine their access will be and whether they will be able to talk to victims who have been who have suffered under this regime sort of openly and freely all right nathan good detective work by you as well thanks for joining us tonight nathan russo thank you that is the latest on the xinjiang police files i'm michael usher thanks for your company Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.